Hello, and welcome to the new season of Data for What, the Development Gateway podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Goaz, and in this series, we'll work to explore the intersection of climate and data. In each episode, we'll delve into the critical issues shaping our world and examining the critical role of data and technology in understanding and addressing the urgent challenge of climate change. Throughout this series, we'll be featuring thought leaders and professionals who are at the forefront of this work. They'll be sharing their insights and experience, unraveling the complexities of this topic, and exploring how data-driven solutions can shape the way we perceive, adapt to, and mitigate the impacts of climate change. As always, DG believes in using data, technology, and evidence to create more effective participatory institutions and improve people's lives. Leading up to COP28, for our first episode, we think it's a good time to discuss the role of data and digital transformation in relation to climate change adaptation and specifically focusing on climate finance. This is a really key moment to revisit the need for transparency and accountability in how funding dedicated to climate change adaptation is being managed and evaluated around the world. Today, we're joined by Sebastian Oman, advisor of the Data Economy Initiative inside the Global Project of Digital Transformation from GIZ which supports Germany's Federal Ministry for Economic Cooperation and Development. Thank you so much, Vanessa, and thanks for having me. So my name is Sebastian, and as part of GIZ's global project of digital transformation, our general mission or objective is to tackle various development challenges, for example, in the area of climate, but always with the help and with the focus of utilizing digital technologies. And our global project in general consists of various initiatives, all focusing on digital technologies, such as blockchain, AI, data for policy, and then also data economy. In the context of my work within the Data Economy Initiative, one of the key areas we are focusing on is the climate sector and here in particularly the so-called just transition. So supporting to greening economies in a way that is fair and inclusive. Here a lot of my work is focused on supporting concrete digital solution and use cases that demonstrate in the field of development cooperation how data can sustainably improve the lives of people. And to do that, of course, climate finance is quite important. It's really nice to engage more on that topic. Let me get started with a little bit of background and what might seem like an obvious question. So what do we mean when we are talking about climate finance? I think the truth is that it really depends on who you ask. There's no standard definition for what is and what isn't considered climate finance. What we know is that addressing climate change and its effects is really a multi-actor and multi-sector effort. It touches on almost everything. But also, if you define it too broadly, it could almost turn out to be a little meaningless. Generally, the term climate finance is applied to financial resources devoted to addressing climate change by all public and private actors, from the global to the very hyper-local scale. It includes international financial flows to developing countries to assist them in addressing climate change. And for our purposes, we're going to speak about climate finance today as it relates to the global, national, and local funds dedicated to mitigating the impacts of climate change and climate adaptation. So for us, it's really important to keep this lens slightly more narrow um, because at DG and with GIZ, we've long been in the business of helping governments monitor aid and development activities with the goal of increasing efficiency and effectiveness of aid through our aid management program. So we see this next step moving into climate finance as the natural evolution of this discussion. 
And I think that especially, you know, the topic of monitoring climate finance and, and in general climate finance as a as a core topic, I think in this day and age, it's it's getting more and more important. But especially in the area then again to the topic of monitoring climate finance, I think data can play a pivotal role to really achieve impact and, and contribute, let's say, more concretely to like broader objectives like national climate targets, NDCs or the sustainable development. Goals. And here I think that digital tools in, in particular, like M&E systems, aid management platforms, can be really useful tools for actually ensuring that climate financing is used fairly. So that investments, for example, in the development sectors can really strengthen the engagement of private and public actors as well as local communities. Because I would also say that in general, these actors like private, public and, and local communities are, are crucial components for dealing with this complex and interconnected challenge of climate change. And in this sense, more concretely, of course, for climate adaptation and yeah, climate mitigation at, at a national level. You really touch on, I think, an important question, which probably a lot of our listeners might have, which is in the face of, of such an overwhelming challenge, which is climate change and which is you know, dealing with the day to day impacts that that has. Why are we suggesting that funders and governments and other actors might want to invest in data and all of the infrastructure that goes around data? And I think you, you touch on an important point, which is that without knowing you know, what's happening, we can't really know what works. Yeah, and this especially I think that, you know, best case scenario would be that climate finance is result orientated, right? That you can see on what kind of level, on a, on a national level, on a local level, on what kind of impact such investments can actually bring. So in a sense, this would boost on the one side even more climate financing mechanism because, you know, having some kind of reliable and transparent infrastructure is quite important for all stakeholders involved in, in the topic of climate finance. In our work together, we've talked a lot about data value creation. What does that mean for you? For me, data value creation in general really means linking values, social, ecological, economic values to data. And in that sense, using data in a, let's say, human-centered manner to really improve people's lives. But always, of course, with the clear perspective that this has to be done in a sustainable or, let's say, climate-positive way. Maybe also, I would say, this term of just transition really really suits you as well. As from my perspective, data value creation can really enable an innovative use of data in the public, but then also in the private sector, because at the end of the day, data could be utilized with the more clear impact-driven focus, which would of course be particularly important for any kind of climate actions. Yeah, I think this kind of connecting existing data to concrete values in a social or ecological term can be quite important nowadays. I think I see this as a really important transition in sort of how we have conceptualized the data revolution, right? I think one of the main criticisms of the data revolution was that initially it was so focused on just creating data. How much data can we create? Can we collect? How much data can we publish and put out there? And it took a long time, I think, for a lot of stakeholders to really transition to the idea of how do we then use that data? And now, as you're saying, how do we use that data in a valuable way to actually drive positive social change? 
Yeah, definitely. And I also think that the topic of maybe in general data interoperability, but really data is aggregated in a lot of different places. And this could even again here on the public sector on, you know, any kind of climate information that state actors actually have, but then of course also in the private sector and the information that different companies actually have. So I think this connecting issue of utilizing the data that already exists, bringing this together, this, for example, is also one topic where data value creation can be really emphasized. So bringing this back again to the question of climate change data, our teams recently conducted an assessment together in South Africa that I think was really informative and is really driving a lot of our thinking around this. Can you give us kind of an example of of data value creation there, so maybe some opportunities that you saw? This is actually one good example on how, you know, the data economy initiative of GIZ is pursuing this data value creation objective in a sense that in relation to the use of, let's say, climate-focused M&E platform, South Africa is a good example where we assess together with different state actors on how to set up a basic data infrastructure in which climate data can be aggregated, analyzed, and then shared, and if suitable, also be linked and shared with other actors such as the private sector and NGO. And this could provide more concrete assistance, for example, uh, at the national level for reviewing national climate targets, the NDCs, and even more concretely, let's say the results inside different sectors, such as the reduction of CO2 and and therefore also promoting especially climate-friendly project in various sectors, right? This kind of approach of combining data infrastructure, bringing together different stakeholders that are key for climate actions is really really useful then to link this with climate finance mechanism and investments because at the end of the day, such digital tools and such data platform can really enhance the transparency and effectiveness of, of climate project and its results. And this is really one of the examples where all different actors, private and public sector should engage upon, which is, you know, the sharing of climate data for creating value. And this sounds like a really good vision for the future, how we would love things to look like to be able to provide governments with this type of tool, these types of data to be able to make decisions. But as I like to say, if it were easy, we would have already done it, right? So let me share maybe some of the the challenges that we've been finding. And I'd love for you to, to also add in here. You know, as I kind of hinted at before, there's still no really clear definition of what constitutes climate finance. And therefore, what is climate finance data? And we don't have a lot in terms of data standards yet. The OECD has done some work here, I think, in releasing some data that is around this topic, but it's a bit too retrospective for countries to use in real time. On top of that, as we've been saying, to make climate finance data really interesting and really usable, you really need to bring in other types of data alongside it to make it useful. Everything from a, you know historical scientific climate data, emissions data, and the results of the climate finance investments that have already been made. We need to know what's working and what's not working. At the country level, this data is being held across probably dozens of databases, if I'm being conservative. And they're across probably every government institution since climate change touches on every sector. So here is where this question of data interoperability becomes really critical. How can we identify 
the systems that have this data and who even has the data sets. And then add on to all of this, a huge resource gap. How do you prioritize with limited resources? The vision of integrating, you know, 100 data systems, it's great. But we're finding that even at, at some level, there's not even the human resources available to digitize historical data. And there's heaps of it, piles, really. So these challenges are really going to inhibit this work and really, I, I think, make a case for investments in digital infrastructure. What else did you find, Sebastian? First, I would say that you really touched on on a lot of the quite important topics in relation to, you know, there's a lot of data out there, but actually, how can we utilize this? How can we bring all the most important stakeholders together? And how can we also achieve result-based financing mechanism where there's investments in the right sector, which can then be implemented also in the long term? Because I would also say that there might be climate investments right now, but it's very important that they always rely on some kind of monitoring aspect or something where you can be sure that the impact is actually being made on the ground, for example, in other uh, partner countries. And what I maybe would like to add on that is, you know, the policy side of things, because on the one side, I would say that we can really utilize different technical solutions, you know, bringing together databases, building like a cloud something or just a platform where you can actually analyze and aggregate all the most important data. But I think that this should always be based on concrete policies, right? And I think that there is still a lack on, on policies in, in the digital sphere and then also on the climate sphere. And I think that, for example, data sharing agreements is something more concrete where there still has to be a lot of work to be done. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think this is the the work that is often underestimated by a lot of people who don't work in the digital transformation space, that they tend to think that the digital tool element, like building the software, that that's the hardest part. In reality, a lot of times the hardest part is just getting ministries to agree to something as simple as how often they will share data and in what way they're going to do it. Yeah, definitely. And that's also where I think, you know, development cooperation can actually be a catalyst for climate action in the sense that development cooperation has the potential to really bring important stakeholders on the table and really build out solutions and policy that can then support this global challenge that we are facing right now, which is climate change, because at the end of the day, also climate change is a, is a global problem, right? And I think it's very, much important that we can have some kind of basis for, uh, you know, expertise uh, sharing and and really aligning on different topics where we can then support each other. I feel like one of the interesting questions here is in the face of this really overwhelming challenge, in the face of limited resources, knowing that there's always competition for funding and for what we want to address, why digital infrastructure? when it's not the, let's say it's not the sexiest investment. How do we make this case for digital infrastructure? It's something that DG and GIZ care quite a bit about. 
that's actually a really important question. And I would emphasize that in terms of, you know, data infrastructure project, the, the focus is really we need to bring pragmatic values to it, right? Data infrastructure can only be combined with concrete climate action if there's a use for and if it can, you know, better the life of people. For example, the point of M&E platforms and those kind of data infrastructures, I think those can be quite interesting in a sense that you can actually see what kind of activities can bring actual value for people in a sense that data infrastructure can be utilized to, you know, minimize greenwashing, for example. There would be an impact that it is quite needed for concrete climate actions. Yeah, and I think you, you started to touch on some of the risks if we don't take this challenge really seriously. I think the one of greenwashing is a really important one. We have a lot of, you know, funders, partners, private sector, public sector, everybody's making different commitments. We're, we're moving into the next COP meeting. There's going to be a lot of people saying that they're going to be committed to doing X, Y, and Z and funding X, Y, and Z. It's going to be impossible for us to actually hold these stakeholders accountable if we don't have the data behind it, if we're not able to actually compare what they said they were going to do with what they actually did. And we need to know whether we need to double down on certain efforts or abandon ones that aren't working. What else do you think are some of the big risks here? So in terms of the risk, I would say that on the one hand, you know, I would say that there's a risk that climate measures are currently not being implemented actually quickly enough, simply because the issue of climate change is more important than ever. And, you know, we are we are kind of running out of time, especially in terms of, you know, tipping points in the climate system. So I think that, for example, data infrastructure and just climate data is more important than ever, because that should be the foundation for implementing concrete climate action. And this climate data could actually actually be utilized for implementing climate action and then be monitored. And there can be then, you know, concrete results we can match certain financial investments with. And furthermore, I think that we should, you know, continue to plan for the long term. And with this in mind, also integrate regulation that emphasizes the need for digitalization in, in key areas, because I really believe that this offers a great opportunity to counteract the various risks that climate change yeah, really entails. All right. So now we've we've sounded the alarm a little bit, Sebastian. I, you know, hopefully we've we've gotten people's attention. What do you want people to take away from our discussion today? One important aspect is, you know, that long term cooperation between public and private actors are, are really crucial for the implementation of climate measures. And I would also emphasize, you know, the in general, the importance of leveraging digital technologies and the use cases that we have right now in combination with policy support, because I think that development cooperation can really be a catalyst for better international engagement on this global challenge of climate change. On Development Gateway side, we want to continue together with GIZ banging the drum on data and system interoperability at the country level. We want funders and governments to work to invest more in country level systems that plug into existing sectoral thinking and systems that keep interoperability at the forefront. It's important for us not to make standalone systems that don't work with one another, that can't communicate with one another. And with this in mind, we think we can push for better monitoring and evaluation for climate funding, using these country level systems as a tool to facilitate our understanding of how these investments can make a difference. Thank you so much. Great discussing with you. Thanks for listening and a special thanks to our guest and to our producers behind the scenes. This episode was produced by Becca Warner and edited by Annalisa Goodman. 
Our theme music was created by Mark Hatcher. Learn more about Development Gateway and IREX Venture on our website at developmentgateway.org or through social media. And don't forget to subscribe to Data For What on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher.